0: I just gotten up this morning and was ready to take my morning shower, and we don't use our landline at all. We have one phone, it's in the bedroom, but we just use our cell phones. It doesn't have a recorder, it doesn't have anything, and we never answer it because it's only solicitations. So I got the water running, and I'm about ready to get in, and the phone starts ringing at 7.30 on Sunday morning, and I'm thinking, eh, I'm not going to answer it. And it kept ringing, and I did answer it. And it was Peggy Blades, and she said, can you help us out today? And I said, yes, I consider it a privilege to do so, and so I'm here. And if y'all see me stumbling around a little bit, please forgive me, because I have not really prepared a whole lot technically. We're going to just see how this goes. Now, I'd like to start, I, I noticed that... Um, the other minister, uh, Mr. Gilliatt, was going to use the um, epistle lesson in his reading today, and I'm going to make, certainly make reference to it. i got to tell you, when I got up and looked, the first thing I did was went down to the computer and pulled up the lectionary for today, and I thought, boy, I wish I'd had some more happy Scripture to work with than this. <laughs> this is all real dark Scripture. I mean, the last time I, I got... I preached was on the second coming, and, and which was what the lectionary said was, to, was there for, and that wasn't real easy, and I'm not real sure about this, so, so bear with me a little bit. I mean, it even starts in the Old Testament. When God, when the Old Testament reading is talking about the, this, this vineyard, that's God talking about Israel, and how He cared for Israel so carefully, and yet, instead of getting good grapes, He got wild grapes, so he tore down the hedges and the walls. Now, focusing on the Luke, it starts out, Jesus saying, "I came to bring fire to the earth and to turn father against son and son against father, and so on down the line." What a dark message. I I always think Jesus is always, to me, is more of an uplifting sort of message that I like to focus on. But if Jesus said it, we have to deal with it, and we have to look at it and try and figure out what he meant by it. One thing you can say about Jesus, one thing you can say about the Bible, it doesn't sugarcoat anything. You look at the heroes of the Old Testament, It shows them with all their strengths and with all their weaknesses. Everybody, from Abraham to David, you can see their strong, Moses, you can see their strong points, and you can see their weak points. The Bible doesn't try and sugarcoat anything. And Jesus was never anything but absolutely honest with his disciples, he never said that they were going to live as kings and on, you know, with all their wants and desires satisfied if they would just follow him. Never did he say that. Jesus makes it clear that he came to earth to upset things. He didn't come to earth to try and fit in, try and make his way the way of the the land, He came to earth to redeem us. The one thing, and I always went. Paul when he talks he always says the first thing he always preached is Christ and Him crucified. The first thing we have to remember about our Lord and Savior He came to earth knowing full well what His mission was And what was going to happen to him. He knew it. And he was under what stress he was under until it was completed. I can't imagine knowing that I was going to go to Jerusalem to be crucified in front of everybody. And mocked and flogged. Jesus knew this. But he went on. And He headed towards Jerusalem, and He did what He needed to do because of His love for us, and that love came because He followed the will of His Father. But when Jesus taught His disciples, He never told them, oh, it's going to be so easy. He was so clear about the problems that we as Christians are going to have. I sometimes hear Christians say, I don't understand why God put this in front of me. I've said it myself. I, I don't know why. Sometimes I think the hardships we go through are certainly not related to God's will or the Christia- fact that we're Christians. I mean, When sin came into the world, it not only upset man's relationship with God, it upset everything in the world. It put everything off kilter. And sometimes it's just that original sin that causes the problems in the world that they're not God's will, but they're inevitable because things are off balance. It's like a gyroscope that starts out and it's just as it starts to spin, it gets more and more out of whack. And you're wondering, well, when's it going to finally hit the ground? I don't think it's God's will that people die in earthquakes or tornadoes or floods or any of that sort of thing. The world's now out of whack because sin's in it. You could argue, I think, that I'm not going to get into global warming or anything polit- political, but I mean our mistreatment, we were given the world, as stu- we were stewards of the world, the world was given to us and we've mistreated it. And it's gone out of whack. But some of the things that do happen to us as Christians are God's will. A lot of them, I hope. And some of them aren't pleasant. We all go through things as Christians, I mean, and and in the, the Hebrews reading, I mean, we got people being stoned to death, sawn in two, killed by the sword. I mean, we won't have to go through any of that, but there were Christians that did. But there are still things in this world today, even in a Christian nation, where we sometimes suffer as Christians, and we wonder why. As I've grown older, I've learned to see things a little bit differently. Some of the things that I thought were great tragedies in my life, and I cried about and cried to God as to why did you let this happen to me, or why did I go down that road? Some of them were great tragedies, but a lot of them have turned out to be great blessings. Only as I see them in hindsight do I start to understand. I think there'll come a time when we finally do go to heaven and we have the mind of Christ, when we look back on our lives, we're going to see that almost every step we took was one that God played a part in. And we're going to understand that. You know, Christ, as Christians, we don't if we were to expect that as followers of Christ, that means everything's going to go perfectly for us, I think that that's really quite unreasonable. There's an old saying that the, the Arabs have that a land with no rain becomes a desert. Everybody's life has to have some rainfall on it or else we would become spiritu- a spiritual desert. We have to have spiritual problems. We have to have a, a learning process. The only way to learn, at least me, for me, I'm a hands-on guy. I need to learn. The biggest thing I learn is that everybody makes a mistake If you learn from that mistake, that mistake is a victory. The only people that lose when they make mistakes are people that keep on making the same mistakes over and over again. Christ makes it clear that we are going to have problems as Christians. He does not promise a land where everything goes right for us, a life where everything goes right for us once we accept Christ. He promises us that we are going to have divisions, we are going to have problems, but if we deal with those problems in faith, as pointed out by the writer of Hebrews, by faith, and understand that with God's directive we will come through these problems stronger and closer to Him, this is what the Bible teaches when you compare almost anything in the Bible as opposed to the way of the world, you can see such a clear division. The way of the world is so much more tempting. The promise of happiness and wealth and prosperity that the world the goals that the world sets up for us they seem so much more alluring than division and problems that Christ says are going to happen to us. But when you realize that the world has got it wrong, that's where Jesus got in so much trouble with everybody. He taught that the way of the world was wrong. He taught that love and acceptance and reconciliation were the things that were important. How much you paid for your house, the car you drive, the clothes you wear, those are the things the world says are important. Jesus says they are not. Jesus says the most important thing is love. In 1 John, John says God is love. That is what brings me to Christ. And I spoke with with Dave this morning, and Dave told me, you know, the, the, some of the elders got calls like, can you guys all come up and give a little testimony? And what Dave said to me is what just uh, uh, he said, "What if he had to talk, what, what he would say is, what brings me to Christ is the love of Christ. That you should love your neighbor as yourself. That is the thing that brings him to Christ. That is the thing that should bring us all to Christ. There's no superiority in Christianity. There's no I'm better than you. It's we are all sinners who have been forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ and His resurrection. The world thinks this is idiocy. The world thinks this is outrageous. Of course I want to have the biggest bank account. Of course I want to Do this and that, all these worldly things. Christ has no, he gives no deference to those things at all. Jesus wants us to know that the way of the world is what causes these divisions. When he says, I came to bring fire to the earth and there's going to be these divisions, it's not Jesus that brings the divisions. The divisions have already been caused by our turning away from God, by our insisting our own will over and above God's will. I would say the average person, when they pray, what they pray is, God, please do my will. God, please help me do this. God, please help me do that. Most of the time, it's they're praying for what they want. It's almost like God is a genie and you rub the thing three times and you get your wishes. Jesus makes clear that is not God. The way we pray to God. The way we pray to God is not God do my will but God help me see your will. Help me make my will and your will one. Because God's got the perfect plan for us. We all think we have the perfect plan for ourselves. When I was a kid, okay, my mother was a dietitian, and she was, that was her profession, she was very big into eating properly. When I was a kid, I, if I had my choice, I would have lived on potato chips and ice cream. <laughs> and I could not understand why my mother would not, if she loved me, why wouldn't she just let me eat my potato chips and ice cream? And it's because she knew that potato chips and ice cream were not good for me. Now, I mean, I ate my share of potato chips and ice cream and she let me, but she made me eat my vegetables and my meat and my starches and my fruits and everything else. Well, God's the same way. We think our will is what we need and we pray for it. But a lot of times we're just praying for potato chips and ice cream. And God knows we can't live on potato chips and ice cream. The bottom line on what Jesus teaches, not only in these scriptures, but throughout is, we've all fallen short. Sin, one of the definitions of sin is we've missed the mark. That's what sin means, you've missed the mark. We've missed the mark. We've fallen short and we've all missed the mark. But the way to get back on the mark is to find out what God's will is for us. Jesus has done all the heavy lifting. We are saved. We are saved because Jesus Christ came from heaven, became a man, died on the cross for our sins and was resurrection resurrected by God the Father. That's all the heavy lifting. It's done. All we have to do now is to find God's will for us through prayer, through study, and just through treating everybody the way Jesus would have us treat them, and that is with love and respect. Jesus brought division. This is before his death. But with his resurrection, he brought unity. Unity between us and the Father and the Son through the Holy Spirit. And once we find that unity, all these other things will fall into place. Thanks be to God.